Who told you? Who told you you don't belong? Who told you you don't fit in? Who told you you're too much? You're too little. You're too old. Too young. You're too weak. Who said you are just not our kind? Lean in and listen well. They were wrong. It was a lie. A lie hurled at you at a moment of hurt. That your enemy wants you to believe for a lifetime. How do you know, you ask? Because God says so. And he always gets the final say. Let the weak say, I am a warrior. Others might have called you an underdog, but we say you're an overcomer. The day you stop believing what other people think is the day you get free. We get free to set others free. Underdogs don't just get over it. They overcome it. They never forget. The resurrecting power of Christ is living in them. You know that thing that tried to destroy you? It happened for you. I see it. We see it. You are a mighty one of valor. You are a warrior for freedom's sake. You are a warrior made for war. In a battle that belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. It is time to fight the right fight. You have permission to become. So take your place, warrior. You are wanted. You belong. You are a warrior for freedom's sake. God is calling you up. Become a Revelation Wellness instructor. Download a packet today. Hey, Revelation Wellness family, you heard it. Enrollment is now open for our new platoon of Revelation Wellness instructors. And we've got two training tracks for you to choose from. We teach you how to live healthy, whole, and free so that you can go out and lead others into freedom. Swipe up on the show notes to download a packet today. Now, friends, let's prepare our hearts and our minds, and let's get ready to move with Aaron in this Revving the Word. As always, thanks for being here, and please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Peace. Getting the playlist started in three, two, one, play. There it is. What's up, everybody? I'm Aaron, and I'm excited to be with you today, and I hope you're excited to be with us today here on the podcast for this Revving the Word, and I hope you enjoy a little bit of country music because that is what song one is, a little bit of fun. I want to try to get you in and out of this workout in about 30 minutes, and I'm going to tell you how it's going to go down. Every time the song changes, we're going to increase our effort. And we're going to climb all the way until the end. And then we're going to bring it down for the last song to cool down. So right now you should be real easy. I mean, just if you're if you're walking and your feet to the ground, just be walking. If you are riding, you're on a bike have all your resistance off just we're just cruising taking it easy here and we're gonna climb and climb 
and climb and climb. And then we're gonna drop it all the way down. And we're gonna be in Colossians chapter one. This is one of my favorite passages of scripture. It's, it's my favorite right now. Love this passage of scripture. This is what the Bible says in Colossians chapter one. Paul's writing, he's writing from prison. And he says this, trying to preach Christ to the church at Colossians. He gets so excited about, about Jesus. And this is what he says. He says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth, in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Increase that effort. I want you between a three, four right now. Three, four. It's summertime when I'm recording this. How's your summer going? Maybe you're doing this and it's winter. How's your winter going? Paul, when he's writing this, he's writing it from prison, as I told you, which really, when you dissect this passage of scripture, really makes it so interesting because he's coming from prison. And as he's talking about Christ, just we're gonna walk back through this and we're gonna talk about the implications of it and what it means for you and what it means for me. It says that he is the image of the invisible God, firstborn over all creation. The image of the invisible God, the, um, the making the unseen seen, that's what Jesus did. He came to establish his kingdom on earth, not physically to rule everything, but spiritually. And so he brought what people couldn't see and made it seen. He took what they were trying to pursue and made it tangible. What the law could not accomplish, he accomplished and more and perfected in every way. He was the image of the invisible God. So this God that they pursued over and over again and did all those things to try to please or to appease, he came and showed it a visible, physical image of that invisible God to them. And it looked, he looked radically different than the God they were pursuing radically different than what they had imagined him to be. He came wrapped in grace and truth in love. Not really holding to their traditions, yet still being Jewish and being faithful as a Jew, came and was more about the heart than the appearance. 
was more about what was on the inside than what was on the outside. Not dealing with only things you could see, but things you couldn't see. He came to the heart of it, to the core of it. He came to really showcase the fullness and beauty of who his father was. And he came and revealed him in the most beautiful way. And so he was also the firstborn of all creation. All right, increase it. We were three to four, now we're five to six. Pick it up a little bit. If you're on a bike, increase that tension. If you're walking, pick up the pace. If you're jogging, pick it up a little bit. We're gonna push until the end. Verse 16, the next verse says this. It says, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So interesting because it says everything was created by him. If you remember Genesis chapter one, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness came upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved or hovered over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And then he goes through the series of him creating. But where was Jesus? Jesus showed up thousands of years later as a baby in a manger born to a virgin. Yet here it says that he created everything, that everything was created by him. Notice that as I, as I said this to you in Genesis 1, in the beginning God created heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness came upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God, you got God the Father, now you have the Spirit being introduced, hovered over the face of the waters and God said, let there be light. There's Jesus. When God said, he said a word. And we know that the word of God became flesh, according to John chapter one, and lived among us. So there we find that he created everything. He didn't just come to redeem everything. He created and then he redeemed. So it says everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. In other words, he created things you can see, molecules, atoms, cells. He also created things you can't see, love, joy, mercy, kindness, pain, all of it. Wait a minute, God, God created pain? Yeah because without pain, you'll never know love. Without love, there's no pain. They both go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other, or there would be no such thing as love if there was no such thing as pain. So he created all things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. In other words, you might not like who's leading your country, but God created them and gave them the authority that they have. Therefore, pray for your authorities, it says elsewhere in scripture. All right, we were at a five, six, or a, excuse me, a four, five. I want you to pick it up 
A little more. I want you right around a six right now. A little more than halfway. Increase. Wherever you were, increase a little bit. All things have been created through him and for him. That verse finishes out in verse 16. All things have been created through him and for him. There's no such thing. We talk about secular things, secular music, secular jobs, secular entities, secular ideas and thoughts. But really, there's no such thing as a secular song. All music is God's music. And it goes back and points to the beauty of Him. What we do is the Word takes what God has created and that what was intended for Him and tries to claim it for their kingdom. But it doesn't mean that they actually own it. It means that it's God's and it's just not pointing in the right direction. Our job is to make the kingdom seen, just like Jesus came and made the invisible visible. We go take that which is being pointed in the wrong direction. We grab it, we redeem it, and we point it back to him because all things were made through him and for him. It's all his. Let me challenge you in this a little bit. Your past, your pain, your brokenness, all those things, they're not there for you. They're still there for him. You have to re- let it, let him redeem it and point it in the right direction. As long as you're hanging on to your fear, as long as you're hanging on to your pain, as long as you're hanging on to your past, it is pointed in the wrong direction and therefore it is dysfunctional. If you want it to be renewed and redeemed, you have to take that pain, you have to take that trauma, you have to take your fear and your past and you have to allow it to be metabolized through the spirit and word of God, refreshing who you are, dealing with not just the spiritual part of you, but the physical part of you. That's what we're doing right now. We do the whole person here at Rev because God created the visible and the invisible. So we deal with invisible in both ways, visible and visible, and we deal with the visible, both invisibly and visibly. That's what we're doing right now but you process it, you metabolize it. Shout out to the book, The Body Revelation. You metabolize that pain and we process it with God and by that we claim it, capture it, point it back toward where it was originally designed to be pointed to and that's God. So we take those things and point it back to Him. Why? Because all things were created through Him and for Him. All right, so that is verse 16. Verse 17, it says, He is before all things, and by Him all things hold together. Real quick, new song, what's that mean? Increase. Take it up another level. Right around a seven right now. Right around the seven. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. 
We're gonna camp out with that statement for a minute. He is before all things. No matter how great you think you are, he was there first. No matter how bad you think you are, he was there first. Whatever is going wrong in the world, whatever is going wrong in your life, he was there first, therefore he's greater. He was there first. Before Facebook, guess who was there? Before Instagram, guess who was there? Before all the political climate in the world, guess who was there? Before the United States was even birthed, guess who was there? Before Rome even came about, guess who was there? Before the Bible was, he is. He is before all things. Therefore, he's over all things. Everything must submit to the power and the glory and the kingdom of who he is. Here's where we're going to hang out for just a minute. And by him, all things hold together. Now, if you have been with Rev for any period of time, you will have heard Elisa talk about quantum Jesus. Quantum Jesus. You can go back a couple years in the podcast and you'll hear quantum Jesus laid out. And it really all revolves around this statement. By him, all things hold together. So when you break down the idea that Jesus isn't just over all things, but as this verse says, not only is he before and over all things, by him all things hold together. He's in all things, atomically, molecularly. He is in all things and holds them all together. So the fact that you continue to breathe every day is simply because he's holding you together. The fact that the ocean goes in and out and gravity exists is simply because he's holding the concept of gravity together. The reason that hydrogen and oxygen stick together to make water is because he holds them together. New song. Increase. I'm gonna take it easy on you this time. Instead of jumping to an eight, we're gonna do a seven and a half. Just take it up a half a notch. That's why it's so interesting when you're looking at the miracles of Jesus. It's because it's not just that he has power over everything. He's literally holding those things together. So, when he's on a boat and there's a storm and he starts walking on the water. He doesn't just walk on the water because he's Jesus and he can do that and it's really cool. He walks on water because not only is the water supporting him, he's supporting the water. He's holding it together. The winds and the waves obey him because he's holding them together. Now that's a very physical description of, an, a, very, of a very invisible force. But let me switch it and give you a very invisible picture of a visible force. 
The invisible picture is the chaos in your life, the feelings that you have, the trauma that you have, the pain that you have, the relationships that are broken in your life. That's a very vis invisible picture sometimes. You can't touch it, it's in the past. It's happened yesterday. It's happened years ago, decades ago. Maybe you made those choices and maybe they were made for you. Maybe they're your fault, maybe they're not your fault. Either way, you're the one that has the burden of carrying them around. And although it's invisible, it affects us very visibly, very physically. We carry that in our bodies, in our minds, in our souls, in our brains. Triggers, traumas, pain. It affects what we feel, what we think, and how we choose. And how we deal with those things oftentimes comes out in a visible way, even though these are invisible problems, simply because we can't see them. Now, what I would tell you is that although they seem invisible, if you were to open up and study the inside of your body, they are actually very visible. Thoughts are tangible things. They're not invisible. They're not harmless. That's why the Bible tells us to take them captive, because they're physical. They're physical neurons firing off in your brain. They literally create neuropathways. And neuropathways are like highways in your mind. I want you to think of a, of a field. Say the field is tall grass. The more you take a car through that field, the more you're gonna see a path where that car is driven down. That's your, think of that as your negative thoughts. The things you deal with all the time, I'm not good enough, the internalized pain and trauma that you've experienced. Certainly, you know, today, it's not visible. It's something in your past, you can't see it. But in your brain, those, neuro, those neural pathways are like the car driving in the field and eventually becomes a worn down path that anybody could drive on and know exactly where to go because like a highway, like a worn down, well-beaten path in the middle of a field, you've worn that pathway down because you travel it. It's a lot harder to get off that pathway than it is to get in, stay in that pathway. However, we can renew our minds with the Word of God. Not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And when we do that, we allow the neuropathways to be rewired with neuroplasticity, the ability for our mind to rewire itself. And we do that when we get in novel environments. So we have information, emotion, and we put them together in a novel environment doing something new, like maybe like this for the first time, something that's different. And we begin, the more we begin to do that and process our past and our pain and our trauma through that, through that experience, we begin to create new pathways of thinking, new pathways to go down. So what happens when you stop driving down that path in a field and you do the hard thing and you try to make a new path and you never go down that old path, eventually the grass will grow up where you had forged that old path and a new path will begin and that will be your new highway. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're doing right now. And the reason you can do that is because he holds all things together.
because he's not just a person who lived a long time ago whose stories are in the Bible. He's not just invisibly in you. He's also very much involved in everything that's happening around you. Physically and non-physically. Visibly, as the Bible puts it here, and invisibly. And when you realize that everything is spiritual, that he is not just in all things, but he's over all things, and in him all things hold together, now you realize the power that is within you because it doesn't just command spiritual forces, it commands every force around you, and it's within you. Greater is the one in you than the one that's in the world. All right, new song. We're going to an eight. Move it up to an eight. Up to an eight. Verse 18 said this, it says, He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. In other words, he's going to lead the way. He didn't just lead the way in creation. He led the way in the resurrection from the dead. Why? Because there's not a place that you will go that he hasn't already gone before you. For, verse 19, God was pleased to have all, the, all of his fullness dwell in him, in Christ, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, that's visible and invisible. Notice this said everything to himself, on earth, visible, or in heaven, invisible, by making peace with God through his blood, shed on the cross. We're going to finish out with this verse. We're going to preach it real good together. Keep going. You can do it. Keep going. For God was pleased to have all of the fullness of God dwell in Christ and through him. Now, the Holy Spirit lives in you. As believers in God, as followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God lives within us. Another shout out to the body revelation. In the first few chapters, Elisa writes this statement. It is possible to love God and not allow his love to transform you. It is possible to love God and not allow his love to transform you. So a lot of us may have the Holy Spirit of God in us, not allowing the Holy Spirit of God to transform us. It's not that we get more of God. That's not the issue. The issue isn't how much of God do we get. Do we get more of God when we do certain things and we act right? No, 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 no. He's already given all of himself to you. It is all available to you. He, in his fullness, is available to you to dwell in you. 
For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And it's passed on to us. The question is not how much of God do you get? The question is how much of you are you willing to give to God? That's where the trick is. More power comes with more surrender. They are equivocal. The more I surrender, the more power I have. The more I'm ready to let go, the more power I actually grab onto, but I have to be willing to let go. That's why Jesus said, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Paul said, I, I, I crucify myself daily. Nevertheless, I live. I lose it in order to gain it. Whoever exalts himself will be humble, but whoever humbles himself, scripture says, will be exalted. The way up, friends, is down. How low can you go? That's the question. How low can you go? And notice this. He was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Here's the key. And through him to reconcile everything to himself. Through him. Here it is. Take it all the way up. As high as you can go. Push. This is the last push song before we cool down. Push. As hard as you can. Just a few minutes. Go for it. Push. Friends, the Spirit of God doesn't dwell in you for you. God never intended His love to stop with you, for you to be on the receiving end of it. I know, I know, God loves you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Yeah, God loves you. But he, you were never designed to be on the receiving end of God's love. But that's where 90% of us stay. We stay right there on the end wanting to receive more and more from God. But that is not where the best part of following Jesus lives. It doesn't live on the receiving end. It lives in the middle. You were made for the middle. You were made for the middle. That's where you were made. That's where you shine. That's where Jesus lived his life, in the middle. See, for he was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, but it didn't just stop in him. It went through him to reconcile everything to himself. You have a purpose, and your purpose is not on the receiving end. Friend, your purpose is in the middle. Why? To reconcile everything to Christ. Whether it's things on earth, physically, or things in heaven, non-physically. Our jobs are to carry on the ministry of Christ, reconciling all things and all people to Him. But we can only do that when the fullness of who He was goes through us to the world around us. That is where the rubber meets the road. That's what we're called to. You were made for the middle.
Keep going. Got about 10 seconds of this push and then we're cooling down. Push, push, push. Come on, hang on, you got it. There we go. Whoo, cool it down with a little Justin Bieber here, friends. Bring it back. Wherever you are, walk and move, and however you're doing, keep your shoulders down, away from your ears. Chest forward, belly button in, engage that core, breathe into your nose. Exhale through your mouth. Yeah, good. That's how we cool down. You want to engage your parasympathetic nervous system. The system that brings calmness to you. Brings your anxiety down, your stress down. Exhale, about two seconds longer than your inhale. And here's the beautiful part, friends. The beautiful part is the last part of that verse. And I'm gonna leave you with this and let you finish your cool down. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven. How? By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. See, it's not in your power that we live that way. It's not in your might that we live that way. You can't do it on your own. And that's the beautiful thing is that you're never meant to do it on your own. He's already accomplished everything for you. All you have to do is lean on him. Lean on him and all these things will come to pass. Lean on him. He's got you. He's stronger than you before you. He's already taken care of it on the cross for you. Now just lean on that. Lean on him. Lean not on your own understanding, Proverbs says. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Friends, listen to me. You were made for the middle and he's already paid the price. He's already given you the ticket to the middle. It's time to take your seat. Let's go.